Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, it's Simon here from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast in which I'm joined by Doug Crow. Doug was not born in a slum, nor was he homeless or raised by wolves. Well, that's taken that part of the question out. Uh, Whilst that may make for a more inspirational story, it simply isn't true. He did, however, win the Dale Carnegie Highest Achievement Award has travelled to 42 countries and all seven continents, including Antarctica. Uh, He has an instrument-rated private pilot, scuba diver, and a father of three license. Uh, uh, Doug is an investor, brand specialist, and an accomplished writer, having contributed uh, articles to Entrepreneur, Thrive Global, Bloomberg, I'm reading these out here off the list, Chicago Tribune, Daily Herald, wow, MSN Money, Yahoo Finance, The Seattle Times, and has authored several number one best-selling books. Doug has been featured on broadcast media, including CBS News and The Daily Cafe and dozens of radio stations. He's actually hosted his own show on Wind FAM 560 in Chicago and later moved the real estate coach to ABC's powerhouse, uh, WLS AM 890 radio in Chicago. So, wow, I almost feel like sort of listeners can't see this, but I almost feel like going up and down with my hands here. So, privileged <laughs> it's to be, old news. <laughs> <laughs> privileged to be uh, in the presence of a broadcaster. Uh, most importantly, Doug has amassed a lifetime of experience and success as a ghostwriter, author, brand specialist and media insider. His future, future-proof marketing and owned media initiatives give him, give companies, sorry, the opportunity to transform their marketing from an expense to an income stream. There you go. So welcome to today's podcast, Doug. Good Thank you for you having me. Us. And what, a, what a bio, what an introduction for such a broadcaster. Oh my gosh. Well, I should give you the abbreviated version next time, but yes, thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the story behind this. Then. So you mentioned not born in a slum, not raised by wolves. Give us a little bit of the backstory before we get into the drinking questions. Yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the homeless part was actually partly false. I was for, for a very short period of time, but uh, yeah, um, I uh, you know was raised in the Midwest part of the United States and went to Northwestern, got my degree in radio, television, and film. Uh, was in industry for a short while, got really invested heavily into real estate as an investor, developer, um, and that's where I picked up my radio show on ABC in Chicago. Um, and when the big crash came with real estate, uh, Doug crashed with it yep. and uh, went through uh, not one, not two, not 10, but 19 foreclosures, wow. uh, bankruptcy, divorce, a bunch of just just awful, awful uh, time in my life. And out of the ashes, you know, the Phoenix said, well, Maybe I'll just write a book about this. And the, the book was awful. It was just awful. But I learned how to make them better and how more importantly, how to position and leverage a person's content, starting with my own, but then other people's yeah. is 
It's my passion to do. So we've been uh, ghostwriting and publishing and marketing books and people's platforms now for about 12 years and have done over 275 uh, number one bestsellers. So it's been a lot of fun. So let me ask you a question because I, I read it out in the the bio, and you've mentioned it there again, just for the listeners, yeah. just explain what a ghost writer is, because people will be yeah. thinking, what is that? And some of us right. will have heard of it, but most of us won't. So just explain in a few words what a ghost writer is. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great question, actually, Simon, because um, a lot of people have been told or have thought about writing a book, but don't have the time, skill, team to pull it off. And what a professional ghostwriter can do is to capture a person's essence, their story, their unique ideas, and position it into a compelling story, compelling book. And there's um, there's a lot of misconceptions about it. I've got plenty of blowback from people saying, "Oh, I got to write my own book." Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I can't imagine anyone you know writing my story for me. Well, that that's like saying, um, "Well, I guess if you're uh, you know Bruce Willis, you're gonna um, make your own movies. You're not gonna have a director, a writer, a producer, a grip, a cameraman, a lighting person." It makes no sense to think that you're just because you've got a good story that you're actually an exceptional writer, editor, marketer, layout artist, designer. Doesn't matter. If you're producing content in that kind of format, you need a team, right? So a ghostwriter is able to capture a person's essence and make it sound like them, actually make it sound better than them because sometimes we don't always yep. communicate the best of our ability. Sure. Uh, so a ghostwriter can make you sound better in print. Okay. And that's, and that's a great example and definition of that. So thank you for sharing that because it, right. I think it's, it's probably one of those things we hear people talk about, but never understand how it can benefit us as potential budding writers yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you're drinking today, Doug. Yeah. Is it coffee? Is it tea? What, what have you got in front it's, of you? It's actually, it's a, um, believe it or not, it's a, um, it's an immunity drink. <laughs> okay. It's, it's well, my, guys, my, which, which looks good. You're in South yeah, Carolina. I'm it, in a, a it looks like UK. It looks like hibiscus tea, but it's some kind of immune immunity thing. It's got a bunch of vitamins and stuff in there for my immune system. So I just have one of these a day. I feel great. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Well, I was going to tell you about my coffee thing, but I didn't do it today. I can tell you about my recipe if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. No, I just, I'm plain and boring today. I've just got a, uh, a city blend coffee black. Yeah. Uh, right. putting a rather large mug because I've got to keep it going for the rest of the afternoon. The, so. the, the recipe I sent you, I did make up. Um, my um, my health coach told me I should be drinking um, yerba tea. It's got some special qualities for my my DNA. I'm drinking yeah. this tea and it's okay. Um, I'm not really a big coffee fan, but I started drinking coffee a year or two ago. And so I blend the tea and the coffee Ooh, with okay. some ginger and I do the proportion, so it still tastes like coffee, but the ginger gives a little tick, um, a little kick. The tea makes it a little smoother. And then sometimes I put a dash of honey or um, coconut sugar in there as well, just if I yeah. need that. But um, believe it or not, the tea and coffee mix, it, it works out okay with, with the yerba tea. It's just a, a, the dash, just like a half a teaspoon of that and uh, a half a teaspoon of uh, powdered ginger, which dissolves in the liquid. Yeah. So it gives me a little kick and good for my, my gut yeah. health, of course. Yeah. And that's my yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've talked so many times about ginger, you know, so yeah. many people have ginger mixed in there because like you yeah. say, it's good for the gut, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's really ah, good. Terrific. Yeah. So what's the, the tea element then you say it's what your nutritionist gave you is, yeah. is there is a particular mix in that is, you know, how, how is that coming about? 
Great question. Um, I met this guy at an anti-aging um, conference, a longevity conference uh, okay. years ago. As you do. And he, uh, he just started speaking in Chinese to me, not literal Chinese, but talking about chemistry and biomechanics, all this stuff. Um, yeah. And I realized the guy, he's a, he's a scientist, right? He just knows the body chemistry better than anybody I've ever spoken to, better than some of the doctors I know, actually. And the more he spoke, the more I realized that the guy is not really basing his his knowledge and wisdom on the past. He's a he's a futurist. He actually looks to what's the cutting edge technology and precision medicine and precision supplementation. So when he did my DNA analysis on me, which you know didn't cost much, the algorithm he put it through was like a thousand dollars to run this thing through his algorithm that takes like the top one hundred markers in my wow. DNA and tells me about myself. Yeah. Uh, your um your propensity towards this cancer or your um, intelligence over here, or it takes a lot about your, your heritage and your right. DNA analysis. And it marks, I mean, there's, you know, how many, you know, genes in our, in our genome, it's, you know, millions, yeah. but they take the top 100 and analyze them as what's best for you health wise. So this, you know, I forgot what the yerba tea was actually for. I'm a, I apologize, but he told me to drink it. So I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And why wouldn't you? Anybody yeah. who's got that kind of experience, oh, why yeah. wouldn't you ask? Yeah, right. I don't know about you, Doug, but I find that incredible that some people will go to great lengths mm -hmm. to get advice and information, yeah. and then they do nothing with it. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of times people need um, an incentive or a, or a uh, an event to get them to to trip that wire. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way we are wired as human beings. I think um, I I have a reduced just finished a book up for a gentleman who survived a heart attack and he put together a whole protocol. He's not a doctor, he's a survivor yeah. about their health, um, about their diet, nutrition, exercise, mental attitude, um, spirituality, in a very holistic manner. And he told me that he's talked to some therapists after a heart attack and like over half of the people after heart attack go back to their old habits. They don't change their habits. <laughs> after almost dying, they don't have yeah. the wake up call. I'm like, that's, that's pretty serious. It's, well, I guess, our, it, our bad habits are hard to break, right? Yeah, it, it's interesting you say that. Um, you know, as, as lockdown's been easing here in the UK, mm -hmm. we went over to spend some time with uh, my brother-in-law and his wife at the weekend, yeah. and we had a barbecue. And uh, his sister-in-law is undergoing her second round of uh, radiography and radiotherapy mm -hmm. and chemotherapy. Yeah. And her and her husband are having continual fallouts because she still goes outside and smokes. And she has been having treatment now for two years. And, you know, he says, you know, what, what part of this is so bad for you? It's, it's holding back the treatment. It's going to cause it again. And she says, oh, yeah, I'm only having one or two. Well, he knows she's not having one or two. But, you know, it is, you know, it's such a. A difficult habit to break but how bad does it have to get before somebody does something different I, yeah I, I don't know i mean no. obviously if you're if you, if the, the the pain of radiology is not excess <laughs> of the pain of not smoking i guess i mean it goes to our limbic brain pain and pleasure you know fight yeah. or flight and but she's uh, doing both well but she's not quitting so no, it no. must it must be the radiation is not so bad otherwise if it was really horrible yeah. like some people go through bad chemo maybe that would motivate her to actually change her habits i don't yeah, know yeah. i don't know could the woman do. but it's, yeah, i feel yeah. sorry could for do. her sorry. yeah yeah could yeah. do but so how's business been for you obviously you know we've been through mm -hmm. an interesting 18 months to say yeah. the least globally yeah. um, right. what's been the most significant or the latest thing that you've worked on in your own business 
That's a great question. Um, last year, when the pandemic rose this ugly head into our lives, like a lot of people, I um, I spoke highly uh, positively. I was yep. motivated. I was leader. I was being a leader in my in my community, whatnot. And and business dried up for like about forty four days. Actually, it's a strange number, but I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. And after this month and a half of like no business, and I'm being positive, I'm doing the same thing, but no one's responding. I was getting agitated. And Simon, I went for a long bike ride into nature one day, and I'm looking around the trees, listening to birds. I'm like, wait a minute, those trees don't even know COVID exists. And those birds aren't participating in the coronavirus and (laughs) they seem to be doing okay. So I said to myself, what if I could just live in their world? Now it's a little bit weird when I'm thinking here, but I'm not gonna go out and be a hermit. I'm not gonna go in the woods and just live there. I'm gonna, I still have business to run. But what if I could really think and feel and, and have their energy of living my life fully and basically not participating in the drama I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's not a real thing, but there's a lot of drama associated with it. So if I don't participate in the drama, what would happen? So I immediately went home, um, emailed my social media manager and told him the following, because I knew where it was coming from. I said, my anxiety was not coming from the virus. I didn't have the virus. The anxiety was coming from the drama associated with it. I agree. So I said, hey, um, Ken, change my passwords on all my social media and do not give it to me for 30 days. I'm gonna do an experiment. And I got off everything. All I had was my my phone and yep. I had the internet, right? I could go on Google if I wanted to, but I did had no social media interaction for 30 days. Wow. And business went up 300% for the entire year. Really? Yeah, I had the best yeah. year of my life last year. Now I did go back on social media, but because of my hiatus, I've learned to you know, sip it like coffee. Five mm-hmm. minutes here, 10 minutes there, that's all I need. I don't need to go on for hours. I don't need to scroll through people's stuff. That's not going to help me or them. Yeah. Right. I'm going to focus on serving my clients, helping them with their business. And if I got, they want to communicate in there, fine. If they want to share an article, post an article, fine. But I don't need to yeah. scroll through stuff that doesn't impact me directly, which is what we do in all media. It's yeah. So weird. just to get a bit deeper into that, because yeah. I think the listeners will find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. When you say you changed your passwords, was this so that you were not consuming social media or not posting or both. It was because I couldn't trust myself because it's beyond an algorithm. If anyone's not watched the movie Social Dilemma, which I highly recommend on Netflix, they've hardwired our brains to go and click a like button, to to have the confirmation bias of liking and sharing stuff that we agree with, whether it's true or not. It's irrelevant to Facebook. Their sole purpose is to sell ads, right? All media is designed pretty much to sell ads. And the only way they can do that is to increase engagement. And the the psychological depth to which they go through these things, they interviewed like top level executives at all the companies, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of them. And the top executives, a lot of them do not allow their kids on social media because they're basically, I'll use the word brainwash, I guess, propaganda, whatever word you want to use, doesn't really matter. The fact is they pull us in and keep us in regardless of the uh, output. And my output was anxiety. And for a lot of people, it's divisiveness. In the United States, I'm not sure UK, but in the United States, 
our culture become more divisive, not unified in any yeah. way. And that's what I've seen in the past. That okay. that no matter where you speak to people, that's that's exactly the same. And and to be fair, this is just a simple limbic brain response: fight or flight. Does yeah. that information serve me or hurt me? Yeah. If it hurts me, I'm gonna you know they don't have the dislike button anymore. They took that away. But <laughs> I will I will comment negatively or I'll comment positively. There is no discussion, critical thinking. Um, challenging your own beliefs. It's all confirmation biased. I hate you. I love you. I just, there's no middle ground for anybody anymore. Yeah. And that, because that sells more ads, that's all. Yeah. They don't and care it, about the, the result of it. They don't care about selling ads. So. It's interesting, Never. isn't it? Because everybody listening to this, myself included, will think, well, we have a choice. Nope. But we don't. I had to, I had to change my password because I knew they had gotten inside my head at a level, yeah. at a subconscious level that I was unable <laughs> to get away from. Think about it. I'm, I'm working. I take a break. What do I do? Social media. You wake up in the morning. What do you do? Check your messages. Yeah. Yeah. That this thing that this, this, it's, it's near, it's near our, ourselves, right? I challenge anybody to, you know, power it off for a day or leave it in a, yeah. a drawer for a day and see what happens to your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it's, it's crazy. It's interesting. As you were saying there, what I was thinking about, I've got a, a box of, uh, for us in the UK biscuits for you cookies. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, sugar freak when it comes to things like that. Yeah. And my wife, my wife has a habit of leaving the, the tin or the box at the side of the kettle. Mm. And every time I say to myself, I'm not going to have one of those cookies, but every time just one. Okay. Well, perhaps I'll have two. So it's the same thing, isn't it? It's there. Yeah. It's it's at hand. It's too much of a temptation. Even though I've got a choice, yeah. I can decide to eat those cookies, those biscuits, or not. Yeah. But but I don't make the right choice. Yeah, my I, time I time was again. working on my health for a couple of years now, and I've done a good job improving it. And I'm not there yet, but my my son is Mr. Discipline. And we yeah. talk about our diet and stuff. He would say, "Okay, well, Dad, what's in your it's your in your pantry? Oh, I got some some stuff there, but I'll go through that." And once it's gone, I won't buy any more. And he says, why don't you just throw it out now? <laughs> yes. So and I'm like, true. dude, that, that's wasting it. Cause that's wasting. Yeah. What's it help? How's it going to help you by consuming it? Yeah. His logic is infallible. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, and I, I yeah. threw away some, but not all. I, I kept something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. And I yeah. do the same. I, I take that box and I hide it. I put it in the cupboards. Doesn't matter. If it's out of sight, then I don't, I don't get tempted by it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you, you say you've had this exponential rising clients. How has that yeah. been for you? How have you coped with that in these times? Uh, I hired more staff. Um, we've put in better processes. Okay. Um, yep. We hired a company to help us with our operations because our, our business of creating a book for somebody is highly creative, very manual. We yep. have journalist interviews, um, transcripts, ghostwriting, editing, proofing, design, layout. There's a whole litany of activities, all creative, has to go on in sequence. And there's always a personality or two involved. Yeah. So to manage that process, we've had to go back and continually refine that so that we keep the creativity, the creativity going, but also keep it process oriented so we can complete the project. Cause you know, my, uh, it should take about, you know, four to six months to, to produce a book and a platform for somebody. And you know, sometimes it takes a year or longer because yeah, they go yeah, back and forth sure. and back and forth. So we've got a we've we've developed a way to allow them to have their creative input, but also make sure the ball keeps moving down the field. So what's been the most significant thing then, Doug? Has it been the finding the people or improving the processes? Do you think uh, most significant thing for 
Wow. Between the two, which one would you choose? Which one's been the most significant for you, the people or the processes? Oh, God, you can't, you can't do one without the other. Um, for me, <laughs> without, asking the question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> without people, there's no process to manage, right? But without yeah. a process, you're never going to grow. So I would say for growth standpoint, I've got to have a process that's continually refined. Yeah. Um, there's, I have no problem finding people who've got a crazy interesting story to share or a business they want to expand that will benefit from becoming a best-selling author. So we've got that. Great. There's plenty of people to talk to. Making sure that we talk to the right ones with the right yeah. message and the right platform, that is a part that I continually refined. And a uh, quick story on that, my, uh, my mm -hmm. business coach was listening to a couple of my calls last year. <laughs> he, he said, I listened to two of these calls, Doug. And this first one, you were excited, you're positive, you were, you were engaging. It was great. The second guy, you were not cold, but you're kind of, aloof you weren't that interested you know why what's the difference between those two calls great question and i said well that's a great question i said well <laughs> the second guy was all about making money and his ego the first guy was about changing the world it was much more interesting to me yeah so my coach said well why do you bother talking to the second guys then what do you mean i i'm in business i need to talk to everybody so i can you know because no if you talk to less people that you don't want to don't want to serve you'll get more business yeah. now i'm no math genius but I didn't see how you could talk to less people and increase your business. But I'm also a good student. And when yeah. I'm paying someone to coach me, I better do what they say. I so I, I, put in our, I put in our USP, okay, <laughs> if, you've, if you just want to make money with, with your book and your platform, we're not the company. Yeah. If you are interested in changing the world, making a difference, um, making an impact in society or something like that, then we're the company for you. That's all we focus on. That was part of our growth. Yeah. I, I actually you know, didn't respond to a couple requests when I found out what their intention was. I'm like, yeah, it's that way for us. And I think that's really, really important for the listeners to pick up on that because particularly in times of recovery and at times of hardship yeah. where we, we're trying to get as much as we can, we're trying to get as many leads as we can, as many yeah. clients as we can. And it always, you know, I've seen many recessions in my working life yeah. and it always lets you down. You know, less is is more but you've got to be, as you say, you've got to be targeted in your message. You want to pull the right people onto the deck to be able to, right. to sift right. through, don't you? I have a, a friend of mine that um, is a LinkedIn professional. And uh, John is, is brilliant with LinkedIn. He's a funny guy, former newscaster. Yeah. His first profile was, I do LinkedIn profiles for people in the credit repair industry. That's all his, his narrow yeah. niche. Now imagine if you're uh, in a credit repair industry and you look for someone to help you with LinkedIn and this guy's profile pops up. He's your guy. Yeah, yeah. Done. There's nobody yeah. else that can compete with that. He was very narrow in his focus. And after we went through the, you know, thousand or so companies that he wanted to talk to, then he changed his profile. But he drilled that silo of, of narrow niche, really, really refined. Very and important. did a great job. With it. So yeah. there's, there's case after case after case of people doing that. And it's ne you can never go too narrow. People are yeah. always afraid of that. But what, do you want to compete with Nike? Forget but, it. Go narrow. But narrow is about the message. It's not about exclusive. And very often people say to me, oh, I don't want to go too narrow because I don't only want to work with that person. So, well, you haven't got to only work with that particular sector or that particular target. It's just what you're saying at the moment. That's all. So people you're attracting, yeah. isn't it? It's, 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 don't forget your timeline, right? You, after, after John was done with that niche... Yep. He changed. Yeah. Right. You don't have to stay yep. there. 
I mean, yeah. Nike started with shoes, but they got into sportswear, right? So you don't have to stay where you are, but you got to start somewhere where you can compete effectively. And the moment yeah. you talk to everybody, you're competing with Tony Robbins or, or big Fortune 100 companies. You're going to lose for yeah. sure. Yeah. So the narrower you can go, I mean, I'm serious. You go to, you know, left-handed 40-year-olds in, in Birmingham, you'll yeah. do better than anybody else. Because if somebody from Birmingham who's left-handed sees that, oh my gosh, you're talking to me. Yeah. Again. So I can see there, listeners, in, in the background, Doug has got here a, a pair of boxing gloves. Yeah. I can see the wing of a, looks like a model airplane. So I'm, I'm yes. glad to meet a, a fellow pilot, although I'm helicopter, not fixed wing. Um, Impressive. Guitar. But you've got some books there. And it's interesting, you know, your business. Oh, yeah. If, if you were to recommend or say a, a great book, what's your favorite <sighs> book that's on the shelf behind you there? I well, can see a few there that look yeah, intriguing those are all good ones my favorite one i'm gonna tell you hold on a second i'll take my microphone up real, real quick here i can reach it now i i got some favorites that we didn't produce right some people that i'm not my clients okay but this one's a, this one's a client this is uh ariel halevi's you're not moving slow enough okay okay unexpected formula for lasting influence and not uh moving slow and jot that one down not Very moving much. slow enough, man. Um, this gentleman came to me and uh, he's a prof he's got a 140 person consulting company. So he's no slouch in business. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But he said, you know, I've been trying to write my book for 10 years <laughs> I don't, and I'm kind of stuck. I'm like, well, let's chat about it. And he said in his case study with me, he said, Doug, after the first phone call, I knew I was going to get book done with you. So it was got done. Um, but his, and it, what makes it probably the most impactful book that I've read recently it's not because we produced it it's because we've all read dozens or hundreds of leadership and self-development books in our lifetime we've, yeah. they're all variations on a theme right they're all like okay that's yeah. where i heard that before is this perspective this was groundbreaking because everything he said in here was like whoa i didn't think about that didn't mean it was brand new because some things were like yeah. okay i've I heard it before but his perspective on every single chapter was so refreshing because yeah, you're not moving slow enough. Everything's like business at the speed of thought, microwave society, you know, instant messaging. Everything's fast, fast, fast. He's yeah, like, yeah. no, we're we're not going slow enough. And he proves it in his dialogue that he that he did, the case studies we did, everything he did is like he proves that lasting influence does come from moving slower. So Great. Ariel Halevi, I yeah, I love the guy, love his book, and you're not uh, moving slow enough. Love it. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. So just before I ask you to, to share a, a tip, just tell the listeners how they can connect with you, how they can digest some of the stuff that you're doing, find out more about you, what you do and how you can help them. All right, very good. So we've got, um, I, I'm in marketing, right? So I know people give yeah. away like, you know, checklists and blueprints, and all that jazz, which mm -hmm. is fine. Nothing wrong with that stuff. And again, it says I like being a contrarian. What can I do differently? And I know that the stats say that 84% of people think about writing a book, less than 1% ever do it. Yeah. That means most people die with their idea, their story, their, their <laughs> potential inside so of them. So true. Yep. I, it, it bugs me to no end. So what I like to offer your listeners is a chance to actually go, talk to me and go through their idea, their story, what they can accomplish. And there's no obligation. There's no sale. There's no credit card. I just want to actually help you navigate your idea and, and pretty much draw out in about 15, 20 minutes, a way for you 
to monetize your idea, to impact more people or both. Yeah. And they can Amazing. go to go.realbestseller.com. That's the letter go.realbestseller.com. You feel you could take a look at the sheet there. Um, you click a button to schedule a call and there's like a little form to fill out where I get some ideas of what you're thinking. If you got no ideas for a book, you can still chat with me. I can give you some based on what we discovered yeah. together on the call. Yeah. So. And I think you've, you've hit, a couple of key things. And that's what I was going to ask you to share with people. Yeah, sure. you know, I, I'm the same. You know, I, I know there's a book in me somewhere and I've written one book, but it wasn't really, yeah, the, the same sort of thing. And I'll explain that a little bit more, perhaps some other time, but yeah. so many people shy away because it feels like hard work <laughs> and they is. don't want to do the hard work themselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, they do think about coming to somebody like yourselves. And I did that mm -hmm. sort of probably 10 years ago. But then the other worry is, and it stopped me for some time, probably stopped me for two years, yeah. because it's so much hard work, if I go to somebody else, will I be able to afford it and will I get a return on my investment? And there's always this you know, return on investment idea yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. And for those that are perhaps sat on the fence wondering what the next step is, what you've offered there is a great next mm -hmm. step, because I never yeah. had an offer like that. You know, I was either yeah. all in, signed up or not. One yeah, of the two. Don't, don't sign up for anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a great, great way of uh, yeah. just the next, the next step a little bit. Yeah. The next step after we chat before we even go to the book is I do one more thing, which is very, very unique. And it's, it's on that page, go.realbestseller.com is how do you know, how do you really know if your idea is any good, if people will like it and if yeah. you can monetize it. And so there's all this mystery. Well, what if nobody likes my idea? What if it's already been said? Well, a couple things real quick. Number one, your idea has already been talked about. There's nothing new under the sun. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but number two, there's, a, you know, 2.2 million new books every year. So there's new content being pumped out there for some reason. People are consuming something. Yeah. So how do you, how do you mirror those two? How do you match them up? What we do is we treat an author's book just as a company treats a new product launch. We um, do focus groups. We test it. We test covers, titles, we analyze competitive books. We get so much data from the ecosystem of publishing that we can go and look at your idea, create a cover, test the theme, analyze 100 other books in your category, find out what's working, what's not, and give you a report that says, here's why your idea is gonna be great, or here's how to improve it so it is great. Or yeah. occasionally, which hasn't happened yet, but here's your, your, your idea won't work at all, change it. Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. But out of those three things, it increases your confidence a hundredfold to know that people have told you, I love this idea. I love this book. When can I get yeah. it? When yeah. you get that, your ROI is guaranteed. Now, to what yeah. degree? Nobody can say that's illegal, right? But yeah. you can be assured that once you've done your research, when you vet and basically validate your idea graphically and textually with other people who are going to buy your book with your target audience, man, it's, it's, it's just a matter of getting it done then. Yeah, but I think... You know, for the listeners that are thinking about the ROI in money terms, and a lot of people will, for me, the most important thing when I speak to people who have written books, the joy that they have of having written a book, the, mm -hmm. the pride that they've got, the pleasure they've had from seeing something in hard copy or Kindle or even audio. I, mean, I listen to a lot of audio books. Yeah. The, the return on investment is how it makes you feel. And that is priceless, isn't it? And I know, yeah. yeah, you can't monetize it in the same way, but I can assure every listener, 
every person I've ever spoke to that has actually had a book published, not self-published, but had it published, the joy that they get from that, leaving that legacy for people in years and decades to come is absolutely priceless. They've all wouldn't put any value on that. There's certainly more than one currency out there. And if you don't take a look at all the currencies, you're missing the boat because money comes yeah. and goes, but impact, you know, can yeah. make a bit difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. So just give us that website again. Sure. It's go.realbestseller.com. And the dot is a, is, is a point dot, not a. Yeah. 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 Not a slash. Yeah. It's go.realbestseller.com. Yeah. So go you know there, this is where to go. Yeah. And if any of you are sat on the fence, the first step is easy. Go to that website, schedule a call with Doug. What yeah, have you got to lose? To chat. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to lose at all. Everything to gain, nothing to lose. So if you were to give the listeners, Doug, some tip to take away, uh, it might be about writing. It might be mm -hmm. uh, about anything else. It might be about nutrition and looking after yourself. <laughs> if, you could give, if you could give the listeners one thing that they could take away that they could do something with, because what mm. I love to do in this podcast is give people something that they can actually put into practice, yeah. what, what would that be? Um, the biggest thing that I keep going back to myself personally, professionally, and with people I talk to is that um, people generally ask, what if it doesn't work? Mm. They, they, they always approach it from fear, from our Olympic brain, which is fine, fight yeah. or flight, I understand that. But if you don't ask the reciprocal question, what if it does work, mm. right? You're missing out on your potential as a, as a human being. So it's okay to ask a question, what well, if it doesn't work? There's plenty of reasons not to do something. But if you don't have a really strong reason to do it, then you're, you're better to ask that question twice as often. So, and also to, to, uh, um, a correlate to that is when you're thinking about an idea, it doesn't cost you a dime to think bigger. You know, sure. I, I talk to people who want to make an impact and one of my clients wants to, um, you know, end veteran homelessness. And I said, where? He says, everywhere. I'm like, yeah. okay. Challenge accepted. Well, I don't know if we'll achieve it in our lifetime, but we're going to put it in motion. Yeah. You know, and people, other people gravitate towards big ideas. We're not going to get as many people helping out if it's just a localized idea. If it's national or global, you get a lot more people that want to help yeah. you out. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love that because, you know, our, our countries are full of statues of people who had that big idea, that great yeah. idea that mm -hmm. never saw it fulfilled, yeah. but it was fulfilled okay. after they passed away. And that's, that's where okay, the statues too. come from, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's yeah, the kind right. of difference that they make. So, right. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Great. So, listeners, you've heard there uh, that question. Yeah, what if it does work? What a great question to ask. So, yeah. thanks, Doug, for sharing that. I'm, I'm going to ask you when your next coffee concoction is. If you're going to have that next recipe coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Uh, Barbados in August. Okay. Any particular place, any particular time of day? Cook, give us a picture. Ah, um, well, morning time with the sun's, sun's rising. Okay. And uh, I'm, in, I'm in Barbados and uh, I'm on the beach and uh, the yeah. coffee comes out with maybe a little fruit in the side and watch the sunrise and uh, start a brand new day with some sound of the surf hitting the waves there. Yeah. Yep. The sand. Well, that's it. You've helped every listener, whether they're <laughs> in lockdown, coming out of lockdown, going into lockdown, as some of these listeners might be in the future or even now. Uh, I think that dream location is a great thing you share with us just to take us away from where we are. And it's a bit like the birds, isn't it? You've mm -hmm. just given somebody somewhere to escape to. So that's great. Perfect. Thank you very much for being a guest. Listeners, thank you for listening. You've taken plenty of awareness, plenty of education. And the most important thing is 
take Doug up on his offer. Use that link. You know, use that. Uh, bring it down here. Go.realbestseller.com. Go there. Schedule the call. Everybody has a book in them, so the saying goes. But whether it's yeah. the right book and whether it's the book, I'm sure Doug will give you a very honest answer. So any of the listeners, if you're listening to this and you want to get involved in getting that book onto you know, some kind of platform where you can monetize it or just have an impact, mm-hmm. speak to Doug, definitely. Thank you very much for your time. I really Thanks, do Simon. appreciate you giving up your time, Doug. You bet. And listeners, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.